Hello and welcome to another episode of the Train, Pray, Fight, Live podcast. This is episode two in which we discuss the first step. Now, after the recording of the first one, I kind of took some time and I went back to my old Facebook page and my blog and I was like, all right, what do I want to start talking about first? And then actually today it hit me. It's like, well, why are we trying to go all the way back to where I started the blog and where I started the, the whole idea of living by this train, pray, fight, live mindset. Why not go back to my first step and talking about first steps and um, what I did to take my first step. And so I, uh, I decided that I was going to do this episode first because to me it just made sense. Like if you're going to make this podcast, if you're going to do stuff with it, then do it in a, in a kind of orderly fashion. And I felt like if I just went back and kind of rehashed what I had written about or rehashed what I had talked about, um, the podcast would kind of seem like it was coming from all over the place and there was no real direction. And I wanted to have some sort of direction, at least for right now. So um, starting off today with talking about the first step. And the first thing I want to say is that not every problem needs to lead to a major change in your life. Um, the biggest accomplishment you can make is just when you realize there's a problem, you have to dedicate yourself to not staying in the same place that you're currently in. Whether that be a relationship, a job, a house, a car. I mean, it can be anything. You know, there's, we make hundreds of thousands of first steps throughout our lives. And in fact, when you, when you stop and you think about it, every morning is a first step. What you do right when you wake up can, is the first step to the rest of your day and can make your day great or can turn your day horrible. How you wake up, what you do, what your routine is, if you have a routine. And so, at least for today, I wanted to kind of discuss this whole idea through my own story and what my first steps were um, and what played a really huge integral role in my life into moving on and dealing with the things that I was going through. And part of the reason that I wanted to, to do things this way is because um, I have found that with podcasts that I listen to and with books that I read, I always tend, especially with books, because I'm not a big reader, but um, with books that I read, I tend to do better, or at least like finish the books when they're books that tell a story. Um, I don't read a lot of nonfiction books or fiction books. And, you know, my, if, if you were to ever see my book collection, it, it goes all over the place. I've got you know, uh, uh, a book by the late Chris Moore called Barbell Buddha, you know, and then I've got a book by Ben Bergeron. I've got a book by Nick Kumalatsos. I've got a book by Alton Brown and Edward Lee that are cookbooks and Bobby Flay. So I've, I've got stuff all over the place. Um, but I found that when, when I pick up a book where I'm trying to learn about something or I'm trying to discover something new or deep dive a topic that I do best with books that discuss that topic in story form. Uh, two really great examples of books that I've read within the past year. Uh, first one's um, 
Chasing Excellence by Ben Bergeron, in which he discussed, you know, the mindset that it takes to be a champion and how one develops that mindset. It's not necessarily something you're born with, but he tells, he teaches you how to do that by telling his story of coaching Matt Frazier and Katrin David's daughter to uh, CrossFit championships, to being the fittest on earth. Um, and one more recently, since I'm a, uh, for those of you that do know me, I'm a big proponent in uh, not only supporting, but promoting veteran-owned and operated businesses. And so Nick Camelotos wrote a book called Excommunicated Warrior, in which he discussed the seven tr- stages of transition as told through the story of his transition out of Marine, special, uh, Marine Corps Special Operations, who was a Marine Raider, into being a civilian, and then what would later become his career outside of the Marines as a civilian. Um, both books that I really, really enjoyed, I, I, you know, I tend to like pick up a book and put it down. And with that one, and with those two in particular, it, not that it was hard for me to put it down, but I, I found myself drawn back to them to finish them. So that's what I hope to accomplish in this episode here. So first and foremost, what is a first step? A first step is literally just you doing something to change the position in your life that you're unhappy with or you're unhappy in. And, you know, in order to do that, you first have to recognize that there is a problem. You know, you have to say, okay, well, what, what's, what is making me unhappy? What am I not happy about? What am I not happy with? Um, and for me, that started in 2016 when I found out that, you know, I was going to be divorced soon. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like everything that I knew, everything that I love was fixing to be gone. You know, I wasn't going to be living in the house with my kids and my wife and, and, you know, I was going to have to get my own place. And, and, you know, I, I didn't realize how important, you know, waking up to those girls and, and going to bed to them, you know, putting them, being able to put them to bed every night, how important to me that was until I knew that, Hey, I'm going to lose that. And I only had myself to blame. I mean, I wasn't entirely to blame for the divorce. But I, I, play, I played my part. You know, I played my 50-50 split. And I had a lot of time before everything started happening and, and going and taking place. And, and so in that time, I was like, all right, well, what led to this? And I knew the answers were obvious. But it was like, what led me to those decisions? And that's where I had to stop and go, all right, well, there was a problem. And this was my part of the problem. And I need to fix that. So how do I fix that? Well, the obvious answer was, hey, you go seek professional help. Cool. Awesome. I got on the phone. I found a therapist. Started going to him once a week. Saw him every Thursday at either 4 or 5 o'clock. And that gave me enough time to make sure the kids were picked up and home from school. And then I had more than enough time to get there. Um, If I had any homework from the week before... Because uh, sometimes my therapist would be like, hey, I want you to write about this or think about that. Come back with some sort of idea. I would you know, make sure that that was ready to go. And I would have to make sure that I was emotionally and mentally prepared for that session. Because if you've never been through therapy, there can be some tough sessions. Um, there was times in therapy that I cried. There was times in therapy that I left angry. And I wasn't angry at my therapist. I was angry at myself. You know, I'm like, how could I allow myself to make those choices or do those things or find myself in those positions or situations. And one of the things that I, 
you know, I, I heard about a lot, but I never really put a lot of stock into is what can you control versus what you, what can you not control? And that was a big one for me because I knew I couldn't control the fact that I was getting a divorce. This was going to happen. There wasn't any changing that, but I could control how I was going to go through it. I was going to, I can control, you know, how it was going to happen and the way in which I would with respect and dignity and, uh, and being a gentleman about the whole thing and how I would approach topics of conversation and everything with my wife on how everything was going to happen, you know, where I was going to move to and, you know, how I was going to, how we were going to split time with the girls and, and everything else that went into those decisions. I, I looked at, I started to look at every decision in my life. I'm like, well, okay, here's what I have coming up. What about this can I control and what can I not control? And what it it made things a lot easier to go, all right, I can't control this. You know, these are decisions that either she's going to make or we're going to have to make together. So I'm going to have to find some sort of middle ground or something. So in figuring out what I could control, I could better put my focus into those things. And then one day my therapist hit me with a baseball bat, you know, metaphorically speaking. And the fact that he said, I think you should find a way to find some sort of physical outlet for your emotions. He said, every week you come in and you're just pent up anger and pent up aggression and pent up resentment and it's not dissipating. And you combine that with, at the time I was working for a hotel where it was me and two to three other people feeding hundreds of people a day. And it was a position that I wasn't used to, I wasn't very good at at the time. There was a lot of learning. And so I was just like, I I had all this built up inside of me and I didn't work out. I didn't go run or lift weights or do anything. I was just you know, I woke up, I took care of my kids, I took care of work, I came home with my kids, I took care of them again, went to bed. That was the end of that. And he said, you need a physical outlet, man. Like, you need something that's going to allow you to express your feelings. And he's like, have you ever thought about trying something like that? And I was like, no, I haven't. He's like, well, you should look into that. Well, God working the way that God works, you know, I was a lot of times that on the weekend I was finding myself, um, you know, just kind of holed up in my room with YouTube on mindlessly watching TV until it was time for the next meal or time to go to bed or time to get ready for work. You know, I was, I was distracting myself from my reality because I didn't want to face it yet. Um, because if I did, that meant it would, be, it would be real, and I wouldn't. I was I was not okay with that at the time. Um, but after talking to the therapist, you know, I noticed that I started seeing this CrossFit thing come on my YouTube um, videos of Rich Froning or old CrossFit games, and you know, I've always been somebody who's who loves a good documentary. You know, if you can if you can catch me. And keep me interested in a good documentary. You've done your job as a documentarian. Because sometimes that's the hardest thing. Excuse me. To, um, to, to, to really stay invested in. 
for an hour and a half. And you have to tell a, not only a good story, but you have to tell a good story in a great way. And so I started seeing these documentaries about, you know, the 2008 CrossFit Games, the 2013 CrossFit Games, and just these, these you know, 30 minute to an hour videos where I, I found myself like searching. I was like, where's the rest of this? I, I need to see the rest of this. How does this end? What is this? And, you know, after my therapist told me that, hey, I think you should find something, I actually looked up CrossFit in my area. One of the videos said, you know, hey, check on the CrossFit main site to find the local uh, affiliate and CrossFit box near you. So I did exactly that. I went on a Google, I went to CrossFit main site, I Googled CrossFit and I found uh, a couple of CrossFit boxes near the base where we were stationed at and I was living. And so I, I decided, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm, I want to do this, but I don't know which one I want to do. And I don't know when I want to start. And honestly, I was scared. And this is where that overcoming fear thing comes into play. I was scared of walking in because I saw on YouTube that, you know, these CrossFit people were, were physically jacked and lifting heavy weights and all this other stuff. And I'm like, God, I, I wish I could do that. That looks awesome. And like, it looks so much fun. And you know, that's not your typical going into the gym. And it's like, all right, let's do bench press. Okay. Let's do back pulls. Okay. Let's do lat downs. You know, it wasn't any of that stuff. It was, it looked fun and exciting and it, it was constantly different. And you know, one of the things they say is like constantly varied high intensity functional fitness. I'm like, Oh, that's perfect. And, um, but I didn't want to walk in and be that guy that didn't know squat. And everybody's like, who's this joker who thinks he can come in here and do this? Like, and I didn't know what the CrossFit community was at the time. So I decided I was going to take a month and at the hotel gym, I was going to go in every day and I was going to work out after work. So I did that for a month and I finally got, you know, I had moved out of our house and I had my, I had an apartment right outside, uh, one of the gates. Um, so it was a good, you know, 10 to 15 minute drive to, for me to get from my apartment to the house where my daughters and their mom were at. And, uh, and thankfully, you know, God being the person that he is, he provided and literally five minutes down the road, you know, I would drive out from my apartment and I would go under the highway. And on the other side, there's this um, little shopping strip center where there was like a Harmon's and there's a whole bunch of other places. And right there was Roy CrossFit. And I remember walking in and there was nobody there. And coach Jesse was the first person I met. And I'm, I'm still friends with her today. I love Jesse and Kevin and everybody else there. I still stay in contact with them. She was the first person I met. She was like, hi, I'm Jesse. How are you? And I'm just like, hi, I'm Francisco. And I'm scared, really, you know, I'm really, really scared right now. And she was totally cool and, and full of energy. And, and you know, she, she was like, first day. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, I just, I was actually just coming in to, you know, see what prices were like and. You know, I kind of got an idea of things online and, you know, I just wanted to see what this was all about. And she was like, okay, cool. And somehow I ended up in the class and, you know, Jody, uh, Jody Hall, I think her name was, she was my first coach and she was awesome. She was like, Hey everybody, this is Francisco. It's his first class. Let's make him feel welcome. Let's help him out. Everybody was like, Hey man. And all of a sudden people started introducing themselves to me and I go through my first class and it's front squats and it's. Uh, Fran, 
which if you're if you ever walk into a box and your first workout is Fran and you come back afterwards, you're you, that's it. You're done. You will never leave CrossFit again. Um, but that was that was the thing for me, and it took it took me overcoming my fear to find what has been one of the greatest gifts to myself in my life. Because at that time, I was super unhealthy. I was about, I was over 200, 200 pounds, maybe about 215. Um, I was eating terribly, probably on the road to pre-diabetes, and I just was unhappy. And a lot like my therapist said, I had no real outlet for what I was going through. So I jumped into this CrossFit thing with both feet at one time. Like I do a lot of things. And it led to the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it wasn't it wasn't what I expected it to be. And I I since then I've I've come across a lot of quotes and stories about people and them just learning from the barbell. And I didn't realize how much I would learn from the barbell. But what it gave me was a way to lose my self-sabotage, my negative talk, my, my self-doubt. I, was, I, I did not have a lot of confidence going into CrossFit. But as I continued down this road of, of getting further and further into CrossFit, you know, I, I saw a loss of that self-doubt. You know, I would, I would have a weight with a, a, with a movement that I'd never done before. And I'm like, I got this, I can do it. And I wouldn't get it, but I wouldn't get upset. It would be like, all right, coach, what did I do wrong? And how can I get better? I had never been that way before in my life. I was like, oh, I didn't get it. Okay. That's cool. You know, maybe another time I'll get it. No big deal. I'm not really going to try. I tried, you know, I didn't really give it a great effort, but I tried. No, I was attacking weights. You know, if I didn't get something, it wasn't because I didn't try. I just, there, maybe there was some piece of the puzzle that was missing. And I was surrounded by great coaches like Adam and Kim and Eric and, uh, man, there's just so many to Chris, too many to name. I love those guys to death. If if anybody from Roy Crossfield is listening to this, I love you guys to death. I miss y'all and I hope you're doing great. But they would help me figure out where I was going wrong. And I ended up developing more confidence confidence in myself, confidence in my abilities, standing a little bit taller. But the biggest thing is that it gave me an expression for my emotions. And I never quite realized how important that would end up being to me, even to this day. You know, if I'm having a bad day or if I've had a bad day, nothing beats walking away from that day and doing a heavy lifting day. Even if it's not in my training program, going back and I was like, you know what? I'm going to lift heavy today. I shouldn't be, and it usually doesn't last long for me, but I just need to feel like I can stand back up, and that was the biggest thing. I, was, I, I found that when life got hard and when things took over and when I just was in a negative headspace, that I could dump all that into the barbell, the, and the barbell, it didn't complain, it didn't cry, it didn't get its feelings hurt, it just... It, it sat there and it asked for more. Is that all you got? What else you got? I can't tell you how many days at Roy CrossFit I would walk in defeated, angry, resentful, 
not in a good place. And I would put that into the barbell. Give me more weight. I'm gonna stand this, I'm gonna stand this weight up. You know, I'm gonna do this front squat or this back squat, this clean, clean and jerk, this snatch, this workout. You know, there there is a lot of workouts that were fueled by anger and hatred and everything else. But better that I put that into a workout and uh, an inanimate object than into my relationships with my kids or my relationship with my ex-wife or my relationship with my parents or my relationship with work because those needed the best of me, not the worst of me. People that love you, that care about you, they'll, they'll suffer through the worst of you because they know how amazing the best of you is. And my family and the people that I was responsible to and for didn't deserve the negative backlash of the situation I found myself in. So starting CrossFit, that was my first step. And that was my first step to really a, a road of recovery because now I had a community and now I had my mental health was getting better because every time things got hard, I'd find myself attacking. I can do this. And that's translated into, into my life outside of the gym, outside of the CrossFit space. You know, I'd be through a hard time and it's like, you know what? I can do this. I just need to step back, take my breath and then attack it. You know, my physical health got better. I was able to go from 215 pounds to 175. And I fluctuated for a little while and I still do to this day. But I was able to stay in better shape at, at a better weight that was healthier for me. I started eating better. And guess what? When you physically exercise, when you eat better, when you get your rest, when you drink your water and, and everything else and you recover correctly, guess what improved? My emotional health. I wasn't angry all the time. I didn't have all the feelings of resentment. All because I took the first step. I figured out what I could control versus not control. I overcame my fear of what CrossFit was and I stepped out of my comfort zone and I've learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. In fact, I preach it now. I don't necessarily seek uncomfortable situations. I don't feel like you should ever do that unless it's something you absolutely have to do in your life. But I'm not afraid to go after it. In fact, I'll give you a really quick story and this is a, a present day story. I'm fixing to start a job in a few days that is out of my league. It's a position that I've yet to ever do. And I'm scared. I'm not gonna lie to you guys right now. I'm super scared. What if I'm not good enough? What if they see how incompetent I am very quickly and decide, oh, well, sorry, you're not worth it. You know, thanks for trying, but you know, have a great day. We, we think you need to find something else. So scared. But you know what? In the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, this is the same as when I walked into that CrossFit gym. I was super scared. But I know how to do the basics. I have my degree in culinary arts management. I've worked in kitchens for years, both before and after my military career. I've ran kitchens, not as the executive chef, not as the kitchen manager, but I have ran as the second in command. And in fact, I've, I've at times had to fill in as the person in command, as a person in charge due to unforeseen circumstances. You know, in, in, two of the, in, in one of the hotels and one of the restaurants I worked in, one of the restaurants I worked in, my boss would sometimes take a weekend off. 
he, he when I when I right after I got promoted, he blew out his knee. He couldn't work for about a month, at least not in the not in the kitchen. So it was everything was up to me, the scheduling, the ordering, the making sure. I mean, I worked day in and day out. In fact, I got in trouble. I worked so much. You know, and at the hotel, there'd be times where, you know, my executive chef is at a conference and my executive banquet chef, he doesn't, you know, he's working nights because we have a, an event that night that he needs to be there for. So I've got to go to the meetings and I've got to make sure that all the, the kitchens are good to go because I was the next in line. So I've been in those positions. So yeah, I'm scared. It's going to be uncomfortable walking in to an established restaurant with an established group of people and go, hey, I'm now your boss. And I know I'm not going in there to reinvent the wheel. I'm going in there to learn their system, figure out where I fall into place, and then do the best that I can, motivating those line cooks, motivating the expediters, motivating my prep people, making sure that I provide them everything that they need in order to do an amazing job and put forth a quality product. That's what I need to do. That's what, that's what my focus is going to be. In fact, I'm starting that already by going and looking at the menu. All right, what's on the menu? Everything says, it says what's in 90% of what's on the, on the dishes. I mean, I'll have to learn more. I'm sure it doesn't have everything. And one of the first questions I'll be is, can I get a menu that lists everything on every dish? Because I'm gonna memorize that. I'm gonna make sure that I know what's on every dish. I'm gonna make sure that I know how every dish is supposed to look because I want them all to come out the same. That's taking that first step. Is going, all right, what can I control? I can control learning the menu. I can control making sure I show up presentable, ready to work. I can control going in with a good attitude despite being scared. If I do all that, I'll overcome my fear. And soon enough, what's scary won't be scary anymore. <clears throat> and that's taking the first step. That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, the first step needs to the, the first step leads to the second step, which leads to the next step. And in life, you should always be continuously moving. There will be times in this life where you will feel stuck. You will feel like you're in quicksand sinking. You will feel like you're, you're up to your waist in cement and you have no idea how to get out. Stop. Figure out if there's a problem. Recognize that there's a problem. Figure out what, where that problem lies. What part of your life is it in? And what can you control versus what you cannot control? And most likely, when you figure out the first two, it's going to scare you what the solution is. Oh man, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I may have to take a pay cut. I may have to move. I may have to do all this other stuff. Yeah, you might. It's going to be scary. You're going to be afraid. Take the first step, though. Take the first step. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Allow yourself to be vulnerable, especially to your friends and family, those closest to you. Allow yourself to communicate to the people that you know you should, your husband, your wife, your parents, your significant other, You know, your, your most trusted friend who's been there, who's had your back through thick and thin who's pulled you out of tough situations, but also said, hey man, you made this mistake. You need to learn, to, you need to suffer the consequences. Talk to those people. Surround yourself with a good support system and take the first step. 
I just want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your feedback. You could leave a comment. Uh, if you could follow on whatever platform you're using to listen to this. It's, I, I can't wait to bring you guys more content and bring you guys more stories. I will be trying to post once a week. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I'm going to do my best. Like I said, you guys, I'm starting a new job this week, so I'm going to have to figure out what my days off are, and those will most likely be the days that I actually um, record stuff, and then, you know, I have to, obviously, I'll have to go take care of the editing and everything else before I can put it out, but like I said, I just wanted to say thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. I hope that you got something. I hope that you figure out what your next step is, and I hope that you always remember, train, pray, fight, and live.